Hey everybody, welcome back to Megan's Old Office here at Dundee Presbyterian Church in Omaha, Nebraska. My name is J.D. Gorlad and I'm the senior pastor here and I'm joined again by uh, Keith Holmes who is the director of uh, small groups and mission activities here. Well, Say hello to the peeps. Hello, peeps. That's short for people. And, uh, yeah. so, oh, you uh, are hip, man. Uh, is as in, as in plural. Yeah. Uh, how are you today, my good man? Although this is coming out right around Easter, it could be the soft marshmallowy goodness there. Yeah, right. Peeps. Those, man, those things are good. Yeah. <laughs> they're terrible. They're they're nothing but bad they're, for they're, you. It's terrible. And yeah, yeah, good luck eating one. Uh, I'm doing great, by the way, JD. Thanks for asking. Good. He's had too many peeps, I guess. Uh, so what do you take most for granted? That is uh, today's topic. Uh, we've been working through the Psalms. Uh, today we're going to be looking, if uh, you want to get your Bibles ready, we're looking at Psalm 1 and Psalm 15 and Psalm 49 and Psalm 53. All of them about the same length. Um, pretty easy to read. We may read a whole one for you. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. We. Here at Megan's old office, have a plan, and we rarely follow it, uh, as you know. Uh, today, it's a you know the category is is being inattentive, or being apathetic. Apathy, yeah, apathy. And, in, apathy, and inattention. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how these but, fit into that. But category. what a great what a great thing to 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 say. You know. You know, does church really ever talk about those problems? Well, apathy? I don't, and I th- I don't think they do. And yeah. I think that, that it, let's face facts: being apathetic is a yeah, it's a real spiritual disease, right? <laughs> a right. Real problem. But uh, but what I think we're going to find out here is is that the Bible talks about that kind definitely. of attitude, right? I think so. So yeah. Really so, so you know, I, again, I think I had mentioned it. Um, certainly, talking in between sh- in in between programs with JD, I've mentioned before. You know, the Bible is just such a relevant book. <laughs> right. Because you can open, and, and the Psalms are proof of it, you can find yourself in these Psalms. It's one of the reasons you, you know, we came up with the question, when in your history and how similar are you to the psalmist? Right. Or, you know, because you can see yourself in these Psalms. So, you know, am I apathetic? Oh my gosh, yes. And to your point... King David wrote most of the Psalms. Right. King David lived 3,000 years ago. Right. That's how old he is. Yeah. Uh, and his words are that old. You're reading, when you're reading the Psalms, by and large, you're reading uh, literature from 3,000 years ago. And so, yep. okay, you're, we, how many times do you run into a book that was, you know, I don't know, published in 1953? It's a relic. It doesn't yeah. say, have any, yep. particularly in fields of science and theology right. and some other stuff, it just doesn't da- age well. Yep. Here we are talking, discussing literature from 3,000 years ago, and it's still razor sharp. Why? <laughs> yeah. Because we don't change that. We're still apathetic. Humans apathetic. aren't that different right. today. We don't change uh, it, it that much. So yeah. the topic is being apathetic, yeah. being inattentive, yeah. uh, not focusing, being yeah. unfocused. Yeah. So along those lines, the opening question, as I said, is what do you most take for granted? You what, know, what do and, you think, man? And personally, I think it's just the easiest answer I can come up with is everything. Because the fact of the read, matter is, let's reel it in a little right? bit. Right, we'll, we'll narrow this down. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is I am comfortable in my life. Mm-hmm. 
I have a home computer. I have a phone in my pocket that I carry around. Yeah. I have, you know, a bike to ride, a car to drive, a house to live in, a wife and two children. And I take it for granted that yeah. that's just the way my life is supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, I think of the book of Job. I've often said I hate reading the book of Job because when I read the book of Job, I know God is preparing me for something. Right. Because when, whenever the study comes around or whenever I feel the urge or need to read the book of Job, I know something's going to be taken from me mm. or something in my life is going to change and I'm not going to like it. Yeah. But I need to remember I'm not Job, right? Because the fact of the matter is, is how how apathetic was a guy like Job? I mean, he loved the Lord. He never turned his back on God. Right. But at the same time, I have seven kids that are getting together today and enjoying their time together. I've got daughters that meet in Lincoln and party with their friends and have a good time playing board games and things like that that they do. And what one day their their apartment building might crumble, yeah. and all of a sudden I'm in a situation where something that I have taken for granted has been ripped from me. Well, that leads me to my answer, yeah. if I may insert yeah, myself so, yes, so boldly. Someone into, else can talk into yes. your into your diatribe. What do I most take for granted? I take tomorrow for granted. There you go. So I could be dead tomorrow. I but right. the, the good bet is that I'm going to be rattling around, but. Right. Um, but I take tomorrow for I take my life for granted. I there take the fact that so my life. So you're saying is, everything, JD. Well, I am, but but you, so you mean. But I understand right. what you're saying. When I understand I, when, what you're and saying. So the answer, Keith, was right. was what do you what do you geez, what are you doing? You attacked me with my everything. What what are you what are you most taking for granted? And it, yeah. it's like so. I mean. It, you make a good. You had a good monologue there, and I interrupted it. But nah. but at, what's at the heart of that? I take for granted that I'm going to be here tomorrow. That things aren't going to change. Right. Uh, at the, at essence, I live on, with assumptions rather than with faith. I, right. I my my. How much more are my assumptions about tomorrow more definitive, more defining than than faith than trusting in God? Do you know what I'm saying? It's right. Like, I'm going to. I'm going to have this kind of day tomorrow because I had that kind of day today. today. That, that's an assumption. That's not right. faith. That's no. not trusting in God. No. You know what I'm how, saying? How much of it started out as faith and trusting in God has become apathy? Right. Because God has blessed us with right. that. Right. I mean, look at and, and list, gentle listener, listen. You know, look into your own life. Right. How right. much? How much do you take for granted in your life? You know, and and I thought about answering it. I take for granted my salvation. Mm-hmm. Which you have pointed out on a number of occasions. Last week's episode, and and, and also check out episode thirteen or right. whatever it was. That's right, absolutely. But you know, also on Wednesday nights, we've talked about it. How obnoxious <laughs> salvation is, because we don't get what we deserve, mm-hmm. and the fact that this this supreme being put on flesh and took away our sins for us—that's just crazy talk. Right. But yet we take it for granted. Oh, yeah, I prayed the sinner's prayer. I did that, right. just like we talked about last week. I did all that, and I'm good. So along those lines, yeah. and, and along the idea of apathy and inattention, you know, what lines, we, like I said before, our psalms today are Psalm 1, Psalm 15, Psalm 49, Psalm 53. Mm-hmm. And we always ask, we are opening questions from these psalms, what lines stand out to you. If Psalm 1, if you check out Psalm 1, it says, happy are those. It starts with those words. Mm. Happy are those. That ought to get our attention because we want to be happy. And it says, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Okay. But then drop down, it says, happy are those. Their, their delight is in the law of the Lord. 
And on his law, they meditate day and night, it says. Happier are those who meditate day and night on the word, in other words, on the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, the, it says, they are like trees planted by streams of water. What a great image. The wicked are not so, it says. They are like chaff. Chaff is yes. like the outside of the seed that just blows away. It right. says they're like chaff that the wind carries away. So as to what we're supposed to be, this psalm indicates that we're supposed to be so attentive, so completely dedicated in our relationship with God that we're, that we're paying attention, that we're meditating, that we're thinking about reminding ourselves, reading the word every single day, mm-hmm. all the time, meditating uh, on, on, on the word. Those who do not do that are just, just going to be weak by nature. They're just going to be weak. They're right. going to fade away. They're not going to be able to stand. Uh, that's that's the, the answer, you know, that's a line that really challenges me. Right. Well, yeah. I, again, if it's a relationship with God you seek, mm-hmm. it, you're, the, the amount of relationship you have is predicated on how much time you spend with him. Right. Do you want him to be your best friend? then do you spend an hour a week with them and say that's enough and consider him your best friend? Right. Can you do that with another person? No. Right. You can't just spend an hour a week saying, hey, I go to church, I'm a Christian, I got a relationship with Jesus, and not, and I'm sorry, I'm going to toot my own um, you know, vo- vocational, own vocational horn, horn here. If you're not involved with a, another group of Christians in small group and yeah. you're not studying the word, if you're not seeking him earnestly, think about your marriage. Are you married? If you're married to someone, think about your relationship with another person. It, are you? Do you love them? Do you care about them? Do you spend an hour a week with them or less? And, or less? An hour and a call month. it good? Right. Maybe. No. Exactly. And so yeah. So in the end. I think that's the important thing. If, like you said, if you're not diving into this relationship with God, you're showing your apathy. Meredith is our Meredith Molenbeek is our youth minister here, and she's asked all three of us. Jonathan uh, Mueller is here. He's our he's our producer, our engineer of this show. Keith and I, we've all been asked by Meredith to talk to the youth group mm-hmm. at different times yep. uh, and to give our testimonies. Yep. Uh, and maybe you know that can be you know story of how we were saved and all, and that, that's good. But, you know, she's come to us. She came to me. I, I think she probably came to you and, she, and said, J.D., don't do the deal where you say, I once was, was lost and now I'm found. And I was once a disaster and now I'm really good with the Lord and all that kind of stuff. That's good and that's true and that's a good – but she's like, the kids have heard that a lot of times. And so the last time she asked me to talk to the youth group, I went before them and they stood, they sat up on the chapel steps. We were outside. Mm-hmm. She, it was summertime and, and, and they sat out on the, the steps and I stood there and, and looked up at them and I talked to them and I said, one of the things that was really guided by the Spirit, uh, as you've pointed out, man, sometimes stuff pops out of your mouth and it's like, where did that come Thank from? You, God. That, that must have been God. <laughs> and, and, and I said to the kids, I was like, you know, I've studied... To, to your point, I've studied the word, prayed, and spent so much time with the Lord that when I get into a situation, kids, I said, and these are these are high school and junior highs. I said, I said, when I get into a situation, I can I can conjure up a pretty good guess as to what God would say to me <laughs> so before He even says something. I got a really good idea, and the I reason I have a good idea is not because I'm a genius, but because to your point. 
I've previously spent a lot of time reading Psalms like Psalm getting, 1 and 15 yeah. and Psalm Getting to know God. Getting to know you, as yeah. the song goes, and right. getting to light, know all about you. And, right. and, and, and I don't know all about Jesus. No. I don't. But I know enough that, that you know, I'll get into a place where i got to pray. And, I'm, I'll, and I will literally, it's almost comical, I'll say to Jesus, I'll be like, yeah, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and I still talk to him, and he still says right. it. Yep. But that's a, and I said to the kids, it's really, a, when you think about it, the, the, the idea that you could get so knowledgeable of, of Scripture, not that you stop, not right. that you have it memorized, but that, yep. but that you could know God that well, it's a pretty cool thing. Well, and that's exactly it. It all comes back to how engaged are you right. in that relationship? And I think these the psalmists, as they as we read through these, it happens to be I, I would think David, the psalmist, yeah. is David through these through these all um, four of these, yes, right? I believe. And, and you you know we we always ask what lines speak to you. Here's here's a one that jump out of four out of forty nine to me. Yes, truly, no no ransom avails. For one's life, there is no price one can give to God for it. Mm. Right off the bat, you know, and this is Old Testament, guys. This is not Romans. You know, you can't save yourself. This is Old Testament saving. There's no ransom you can give to God for your life. Right. By the way, right. in case you're wondering, well, what is relevance does the Old Testament have to us New Testament Christians? Right. Ding, ding, ding. Right. Um, then it goes on to say, when we look at the wise, they die. Fool and dolt. I love that. Fool and dolt. You beat me to it. I, you beat me to it. I, the word dolt. I, I love, love the word You're dolt. Dolt. You know that? And 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 it's scriptural. We can call you a dolt because it's scriptural. No. So the fool and dolt perish together and leave their wealth to others. So guess what? Wise they die. Dolts they die, and they all leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, through, uh, though they named lands their own. So even if you have na land named after you, there's a, there was a, there's a kingdom in Africa, and the guy, it used to be called Swaziland, but the guy changed it to his name. Right. He named his kingdom after himself. The implication of that, Keith, to get back to our uh, of yeah. apathy... Right. Is that you are going to spend your attention, you yep. are going to spend your energy, yep. you are going to spend your time on something, right? And that's exactly and this is what ha what you're saying to me, right? Is yep. is that when you spend your time and your energy and your attention and all this on these things, here's what results, right? Exactly. You're just gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna die. You're gonna die. You're gonna die. Somebody's that gonna land is change gonna the change the name of your country. Right, exactly. And, and so and and just to finish here, it says, "Such is the fate of the foolhardy, the end of those who are pleased with their lot." If you are pleased with your lot, if you think you can, you've got it all figured out and you have become apathetic, this is a wake-up call. Right. This is what David wants you to know, that you will perish right. and you will be forgotten and your wealth will go to other people and nothing you thought was important will be important. And so this, so we're talking about Psalm 1, Psalm 15. You're pointing out Psalm 49. Right. That, everything you said to me, takes me to the final psalm, Psalm 53. Dig what it says. It says, fools say in their heart that there, there is no God. They are corrupt. They commit abominable acts, and there is no one who does good. Uh, really profound Calvinist statement there. Thank you very much. But it says, there, so 
people are corrupt and they commit abominable acts. Why? Yeah. Because they say for, the one leads to the other. Right. The first thing is to say that there is no God. And no one will admit, no one anywhere, very few people will say there's, there's a few atheists in the world who say, right. oh, there's no God. But you, it's very hard to find somebody who will be so bold as to say, well, there is no God at all. Uh, most right. people will allow for at least the possibility that there right. is God. Right. Uh, but uh, what you're saying, you know, what you said there is, you know, it, it uh, precedes everything else. You right. say that there is no God, and so then you're going to live a life of inattention. Why would you spend your attention? Why would you spend your energy? Why would you spend your time on something that you say in your heart does not exist? Right. And so then you end up spending those things on other things. You have this much time. You have this much energy. You have this much intelligence, right. this much uh, uh, attention. You don't have an unlimited supply of these things. Right. You're, and you're going to spend them on something. You're going yep. to get good at, at something. Uh, learning to play the piano, learning to play the guitar, learning to speak Spanish, learning mm -hmm. to whatever, these things take time. And there's, uh, they take a tremendous Focus. amount. Oh, my gosh. And adults have the hardest time learning anything new. Right. I mean, learning Greek was absolutely oh. the most painful experience of my life. Why? <laughs> because I wasn't a kid. If I had been nine years old, I would have learned it easy, but yep. I wasn't. It's yep. hard. And you get to this stage. It's been documented. The first stage is easy. Everybody's excited. Oh, I'm going to learn Spanish. It's going to be great. The second stage is that deal where you get into it. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is long. Yeah. I'm not doing this as well yeah. as I do. And what happens? You quit. Yep. Same thing with Christianity. Christianity is harder than learning Greek. It is harder than learning the piano. It's harder than learning the, it's the hardest thing Are ever. Are you going to quit because it's going to get tough? Yeah. Or are you going to push through? Well, I think I think the people that they're talking about in Psalm 49 and 53 would say, yeah, quit. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to prove not? Yeah. I'm going to use this language. Are you yeah. going to prove that you love God by means of the attention and the dedication that you're going to apply to the process of learning about God? Right. I don't. A lot of people don't, as in learning the piano or the guitar, mm -hmm. and or well, that's whatever. why that's why the concert halls aren't filled with everybody playing piano. Right. There's only one or two. I mean, you know, I and my favorite happened to be Victor Borga, mm -hmm. a comedian, a comedian yeah. at the piano. But he he would sit down and he could play that. And you know, I watch those comedy routines, but then he sits down to play real music, and you or you know the music, and you're sitting there and going, how much time? Right. How much effort? When you see those people. And in that context, in the context of all that, Psalm 53 that says, fools say in their heart there is no God. To me, that psalmist is saying, that's the cop-out of the one who quits. Right. That's the cop-out of the true lazy person. The, yep. the true lazy person starts to learn how to speak Spanish or French or learns the piano or something, like that, and then says, no, I didn't really want to do or that. Or when, when would I ever use yeah, it? Yeah, when would I use yeah, algebra? Well, right. When would I learn, use algebra? Right, exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, I just don't have yeah. time for that. Fools say in their hearts that this is not worth doing, that exactly. there is no God. Right. And, and the, the, the truly dedicated prove their love Amen. By, uh, by their dedication. I was watching an interview with some country music singer. I can't remember his name. And he said, when I was a kid, the way my dad punished me was not by paddling me, was not by spanking me. You know what he did? When I did something bad, my dad hid the guitar. 
and he hid the guitar and said, you cannot play the guitar for two weeks. And he goes, that was agony. Yeah. Why was it agony? Because I loved to practice yep. the guitar. Yep. I, 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 that was my passion to play the guitar. Yep. He knew that the way to get me, and today the way to get to punish your kids, take their phone away. Right. Why? Because they love the phone. Right. It's fair to ask, do you love Jesus Christ enough that if studying Jesus Christ was taken away from you, would that you would be, be the greatest punishment that you could have? Right. And I would think, and myself included, the answer would be no. Exactly. Taking my phone away, yeah. taking my remote control and my flat screen TV away. Yeah. My computer mouse. My, my dessert. Uh, <laughs> I'm ashamed. But, uh, I ought to be so ashamed. True. But oh my gosh, you, you, it was stuck. it's funny because it's true, it's right? I prefer, true. I would prefer dessert over my savior. Oh my How bad are we when we can say that? Well, you're worse than me because uh, I oh, wouldn't well, say that. I'd never say that. <laughs> But, but it's, yeah, come on. And so, the, so the next question that we ask is, when in your history have you been in this psalm? And we're asking, we're answering that. If we're re if we're really being honest, and I hope this podcast helps people to really be honest. And yeah, okay, what would be a great the the worst punishment? Taking away my ability to spend time with Jesus is that my answer? Probably not. No. And and, and holy cow, that. That is upsetting to say that. But that it's also an encouragement to you to continue to not be so apathetic about that relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, hey, if we're talking about, like we did last week about salvation, if we're coming at it from the angle of, hey, look, your biggest problem's been solved, get to know the guy that did that for you. Right. It's okay. He forgives. Don't keep doing it. Change and keep trying. Right. But yeah, admit that yeah, I could use the help. I could definitely use the help. I Keith Holmes could use the help. It doesn't matter what you're learning, what mm -hmm. what it is. You're gonna get stuck, right? And, and so then, what are you going to do? You're gonna make some sort of rationalization. Going back to this, fools say in their right. heart there is no God. Right. I mean, uh, well, I speak Spanish. I was in that was in Germany one time. I was in the airport, and I was like, I was looking for somebody that spoke English, and mm -hmm. the lady at this coffee shop, I said, do you speak English? And she, she said, yeah, yeah, I speak English. And so I said, when is it? I asked her some question about my flight. Whatever came out of her mouth after that, she thought was English. It was not English. <laughs> I mean, she just doesn't. She at some point decided, yeah, I speak, I speak English. English. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. Like, I could play the piano a little. Right. I could do a little. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but Jonathan's over here. He's an expert in playing the piano. Right. He would listen to me play the piano. He's like, I don't know what you're doing, but you are That's not, not playing. playing the piano. Same thing with yeah. Christianity. It's like, right. yeah, no, I'm a Christian. Okay. Really? Really? <laughs> what I mean, you're doing doesn't look like does Christianity. Look like, like, and why? It's because somewhere along the line, you let apathy yep. convince you that whatever this is, is Christianity. Christianity. And really, it's not. It oh my close. You're not forgiving anybody. You're never in church. You give nothing at all to Christ. Uh, you never pray. You don't know. You don't know your Bible. You don't read your Bible. You're right. gonna, wait, you don't on, even know where your Bible is. <laughs> Stop looking in my windows, JD. I've told you about and that. And why? Because at some point that drug that's that is there is no God is, is infiltrated right. and gotten you to settle for some halfway. You right. know, oh, my now mine isn't that there is no God. I believe there's a God, but my drug is I know him. <laughs> I already know him. There is JD. a God, buddy. 
And I, he's he's my buddy. I've already got him all figured out. I'm well, fine. I don't there need to read the Bible. He's not he doesn't care. Yeah, or he doesn't there care. Is, there yeah. is a God, or he's not paying. Or he's angry, or he's he's vengeful, or he's spiteful, or whatever you want to label him as. It, that's your own apathy reflected back at you exactly. guys. I'm sorry. It's because I can look in that mirror and have to truthfully say that myself. So I mean, how am I different than than the psalmist? Does he agrees that? I think I don't want to say these things. I don't want to admit my apathy. Mm-hmm. Here we see David really just saying, look, God, you are it. You are God. And we have to recognize that. You know, I, I, I had highlighted, too, the chaff part. Because, you know, the wicked are chaff. But I would even say the wicked, uh, the apathetic are not so. They are like chaff in the wind that, dri- that dri- right. drives away. Right. The wind drives away. I mean, in, in Psalm 15, it says, O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell on your holy right. hill? Which is this great question. One of the things that it says later on is, is uh, who stand by their oath even to their hurt. Yes. You know, so again, here again, we see the extent to which we are called. I mean, Scripture says be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Okay, here's news. You can't do it. With that. No, you can't do it. But the exhortation, even though you can't do it, the exhortation is still important to make. Right. This is the, Paul, the, the point that Paul makes, the Apostle Paul makes in the book of Romans. Can you fulfill, to, to paraphrase, he says, he says, he basically says, can you fulfill the whole law? No. But just the fact that you can't fulfill the law and be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, uh, it doesn't mean that we throw the whole thing out. The right. value is the idea of following the law. The idea, it, it, it shows how great God is, and, and it gives us something to which uh, we are to, to shoot. People criticize Christians all the time for being hypocrites, right. uh, all the time. And I surprise them when that comes up. Wow, Christians are hypocrites. I turn right into the ter- yeah, curve. Right. I say, yeah, of course I'm a hypocrite. We, uh, that's what it means. To be a hypocrite is to set a standard for yourself and for others that you do not meet. Right. It is to set an expectation that you yourself do not meet and right. others do not meet. That is being a hypocrite. Is that what I do? You bet. Yeah. I do it all the time, but right. I still keep on trying to get to it right. as far as my money, as far as my worship, as far as my, my sexual life, my relationships, my prayer, my all this kind of stuff. Right. Do I do it? No. Uh, it, it, in some areas, I do right. it a whole lot better than others. Right, yep. Uh, but but, but I, you still, you still got to try. You got you to gotta keep going. I mean, that's part, and that's part and parcel of the growth, that sanctification we talked about last week, that growth in Christ that we have. Right. Is that, and that's this, that's this. The opposite of all of that is apathy. Mm-hmm. And, and the psalmist clearly states you're not going to dwell in the tent of the Lord if you're apathetic. Right. I mean, you know, they, they walk blamelessly. Good luck being blameless, guys. Right. But you know what? Keep trying it. Keep trying. Right. And also remember, your Savior is there right. who is blameless, right. and he is with you. Right. You know? Here's so, Beethoven. Here's yeah. Mozart. Right. Go ahead, play it on the piano. Right. Well, you know, how did it sound? It sounded really bad. Okay, We'll keep going. But it's still Beethoven and Mozart. Well, it is. It, it you is. Know? It is. And you're still trying to do it. And you're still and, trying and you're, to do and it. And maybe you right. got 55% of the notes, right? <laughs> I was going to say, you know, say, if I played Mozart and Jonathan played Mozart, would, you could tell who was who. Right. 
great because he's 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 done what he needs to do to but do. But what that. do you do in that moment yeah. when you are not as good as Jonathan at that, or or, or someone else? Do I give up or do I keep right. practicing? Do you tell yourself? That that's good enough. Do you tell right. yourself that that's as good as you can be? Because see, right. that's what the apathetic would say. That right. would be what that's it. the inattentive. And yeah. they say that because they really don't ultimately love this. Right. And that's and that's again why we don't have a concert hall full of pianists. You know, with one person watching, we have a concert hall with one pianist with everybody watching, right. a whole bunch of people watching. If I asked you what you're really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd say something. You've got a lot of things that you're really good at. Uh, mm. No, you do. And, and uh, Keith has got a, a lot of very int- varied interests. He's got a lot of things that he's really good at. The common theme of everything that you're good at is that each one of those things you love. Right. You absolutely yeah, love those I agree. Things. When you, no, it's just a fact of life. Right. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you love something, you will be good at it. You, like you I take said, the time. I, but now, I will, I will counter with I love golf. But I don't love practicing to be good at golf. So I have admitted that I am not going to take the time to do it. And so I will enjoy myself with whatever I have. Now, is that apathy? You Absolutely. Love, yes, but it's because you love golf, but you don't love it as much as something else. Right. And it, yeah, exactly. I love scuba diving. I will always take the time to know how to scuba dive. Are you better, and do you love scuba diving more than golf? I think right. you do, yes, right? Yes, absolutely, because I take the time to review all the safety precautions. I mean, someone that doesn't love scuba diving and gets thrown in the water with a scuba tank is going to die, mm-hmm. right? Because they're not going to take the time to do everything they need to do, mm-hmm. and so to be safe. You know, the same thing and same thing with golf. You can end up hurting yourself, throw it back, throw, you know, do all sorts of things. I wouldn't have any idea what you're yeah, right. Exactly. You couldn't, you know. But but it, it's at the same time, you know. If you're if you're wandering around the golf course and people are hitting golf balls, guess what? You're going to get hit in the head. So so there isn't there is this sense of apathy, and I, and and I don't mean to contradict. You know, no. I love golf, but I don't love it enough. Right. But golf isn't a salvation issue. No, Maybe I it, need to go back to that too. Is, is that, no, you know? but you were talking earlier about how people. It, the Psalms were talking earlier about right. what people love, right. and they, you know, this yeah. is what they have, and their they, property they, goes down the toilet to some right, some, some fool that follows. That, yeah, some bozo yeah, that yeah. follows. Yep. So how do we pray the, these Psalms? Yep. Uh, we're Psalm five, Psalm one, Psalm fifteen, Psalm forty nine, Psalm fifty three. I think we pray. God, help me to love you better than right. I do, more deeply. Reveal yeah. to me the ways that I don't love you uh, as much. Yeah. Reveal to me the ways that I love apathy and laziness more and than I And then give you. me the help to get past my apathy, mm. to get better at loving you. Because we can ask how do, you know, I can know how I don't love God the right way. I can also, I can learn, you know, he can tell me, Keith, you're not doing what you need to be doing. And unless he instills in me that spirit of getting over my apathy, I may not change. Yeah. So my prayer would be, my prayer would be, help me get past my apathy so that I can love you more, that I can be in better relationship with you. Good word. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good place to finish here on uh, Megan's Old Office. Check out, out these psalms and these ideas. We hope it's a help to your reading, your meditation, and your prayers. And join us next time here on Megan's Old Office. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Megan's Old Office, brought to you by Dundee Presbyterian Church. Please like, subscribe, and share so you and your friends can keep up with us every time we post. You can learn more about us and our church at dpcomaha.org. 
Find us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash DPC Omaha or on Instagram at Megan's Old Office. You can contact us through email at megansoldoffice at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today. We truly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.